our Silly Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the Deathbusters and the Deathbusters arc of Sailor Moon S slash the manga. And just before we get started, I do want to call out a listener because I know he's watched the anime, but I also know that he hasn't read the manga. And if you really want to understand the relationship between Chibisa, Hotaru, and Satsuna, you have to read the manga. It will make more sense. It will be better. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> please yeah, read please. the manga. I know you have it available to you. I know it's in your house. Yeah, the the relationships, it, it's not strong at all in the show between those three. Like, it's okay between Chibiusa and Hotaru, but like, Setsuna, why is she there? She doesn't even need to be there in the anime half the time. She most really of the time. She really doesn't, and it almost seems like Chibiusa's attachment to her is really one sided. You know, because Chibiusa's oh, yeah. like, I'm so happy to see you, and Setsuna's like, not now. You know, She's like, like mm. I'm busy. You know? She's like, world's gonna end. We don't have time for this, instead of just being like, oh, I love you too. And now we have yeah. to talk about how the world's going to end. She's like, I love you too, but also, yeah. 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 It's, it's, really unfortunate yeah but anyways the death busters the death busters so we have uh the people from the tau system so that's master Farah 90 mistress nine kaylee knight and the witches five and then we have our very own professor tomoe who is very different in the manga compared to the anime whereas in the manga like he's kind of like evil scientist to begin with and in the anime it just kind of happens to him he gets possessed yeah, and it's a very different kind of evil scientist. Like, um, in the manga, he's, like, very calm, cool, collected, you know, that dark, conniving figure in the background. Uh, in the anime, he's just full-on, unhinged, high-energy psycho. Right, maniacal. <laughs> he, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in the anime, and it's just, yeah. he's just, like, a full-fledged collaborator of the Deathbusters in the manga. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I, I love both versions of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really do like the anime version just because he's so unhinged. And, um, I want to give a quick, uh, disclaimer here. My speech impediment is flaring up today. So if you notice that, that's what's going on. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nobody is allowed to call us out for any issues with our speech. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless it's really clearly, obviously, an issue with recording, in which case, please tell us how to fix our recordings. But if we stumble over our words, that's just life. Yeah, yeah. Today, it's just, I don't know why it's flaring up. It's flaring up today. Mm-hmm. Words are not coming out quite right. So Is it cold? That's what's going on, huh? Is it cold? No, it's not cold. Oh, it's cold here. <laughs> I mean, it's cold outside. I'm perfectly comfortable where I am in the house. Okay, that's good. Well, yeah, but just the change in barometric pressure, I find. Even though oh, you're inside. Oh, very well be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That tangent aside. Um, yeah, in the manga, Professor Tomoe is kind of revealed to be like this sort of mad scientist doing radical experimentation uh, like gene manipulation it's very uh star trek eugenics wars kind of thing of like i want to create the perfect human and um unlike in the anime where like the lab accident that kills his wife and damages hotaru like in the manga it's just an accidental fire in the area where his lab is and that's what kills his wife and injures hotaru and he decides like okay like i can just use my research on my child to fix her, and that's how Hotaru becomes a cyborg, which is not the case in the anime. Um, And then, like, after he's, like, experimenting on his child, that's when um, the Tau system, like, the the Deathbusters come from the Tau system to Earth, because they've figured this spot is pretty good for them. This is the way for them to enter. And uh, that's how, like, Kaori, his lab assistant, gets possessed by Kaylee Knight. And Professor yeah. Tomoe is, like, 100% on board. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah, in the manga, he is already evil. Like, he's already just not a good person. He's doing shady experimentation. 
Um, it's unethical. He's already doing these unethical pro- um, practices. So collaborating, collaborating with this, um, you know, this evil force that is, you know, more or less has the same goal. It's like, we're going to use these alien eggs to make people better, you know? Just like, cool, I'm all about genetic mutations, so. <laughs> right, and like, it's hybridizing. So it's combining, like, whoever, like, the Tau system people with human, like, soul system people to kind of make yeah. a, a fusion. Like, that's what the Daimon eggs are supposed to be for. And so, like, every time you see a civilian turn into a monster, it's a failed experiment. And the only successful mm-hmm. ones are the Witches Five. Right. Um, I actually And Professor like... Tomoe himself as Gerbertoid. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really liked what they did in the anime with the Tomoe to make him more sympathetic. Uh, the anime makes a lot of mistakes, but it mm-hmm. seems to be very kind to its villains overall. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sympathy for the villains in Sailor Moon in both R and S. And even in, like, from what I can recall, it's also the same in Super S and Stars. So, yeah. <laughs> which is like, can you guys, like, sympathize with the main character? <laughs> Right, character <laughs> development for the main characters. Yeah, but I do like so in the anime, um, it's different. He is a good, loving father, and uh, he only collaborates with the um, the bad guys, with the Deathbusters, when the accident happens and his daughter's life is almost taken away you know she almost dies Mm -hmm. and he's like i will do anything and the bad guy's like anything and they also tied that incident into discovering the tau system right is it the yeah so instead of being like a geneticist who's been expelled from the scientific community because of his um unethical and probably illegal experimentation uh, they have it so that he's kind of, he's more of like an astrophysicist and he's like, we've right. managed to like visualize this uh, solar system essentially. And by doing that, it basically opens a portal for the, for the Deathbusters to come through. Right. And it's that process when the portal opens that the, the so-called accident occurs. Right. Like the act of them coming through is what destroys the laboratory and the people inside of it. And he's basically left, you know, like screaming his daughter's name. And uh, what we later find out was essentially Master Pharaoh 90 um, saying like, yeah. uh, well, if you want your kids to survive, uh, agree to be my host. And that's when he gets possessed by Garamatoid. Yeah. And I like that. I, I think that was actually um, a really good choice for the story. You know, it. Um, if the anime was written better Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel like these plot points would have come together very nicely you know um because that instead of just i don't know i like the way it links together it's a very clean connection there yeah it gives each of these plot points uh purpose like not that they didn't have any purpose before like it's supposed to be about um gene manipulation hybridization so it's he was still in a related field, but I do like that in the anime it's his research is directly what causes it. He's not just a random professor who got involved somehow, you know. Sure. And honestly, I I like in the anime that there is a possibility for redemption. My issue with his redemption in the anime is that it should have it should have been a a sacrificial redemption where it's just like you've you've been redeemed <laughs> you've saved the world because you've died <laughs> you know right. like thank you uh so long thanks for all the fish bye uh right. i don't like that he lives i've <laughs> said this like a hundred times i'll say this until the day i die like they should have let him just die because again him living and then like haruka michiru giving him infant hotaru Basically, it's like one, we're robbed of lesbian moms. Two, like, don't give a man who doesn't remember and is, like, literally physically incapable of looking after an infant an infant and being like, it's nice. Like, the as far as the world is concerned, his daughter is dead. 
Right. You know? So, like, you've just given this man an infant, and then, like, we know this is Hotaru, we know this is Sailor Saturn, we know, like, she's gonna be a weird-ass infant. <laughs> like, yeah. please don't give a regular dude a daughter to be like, here's your do-over. Yeah, I do like that. I agree with you. I think it would have been better. I don't normally like that trope where somebody's redeemed just in time to, like, die. Mm -hmm. But I actually do like it in this case because in the anime, he was a good person to begin with. So his redemption is a redemption for a mistake, not for any serious actions that he's fully responsible for. He's not really responsible for the chaos caused as Garamatoid because he wasn't in control at that point. He had handed over control uh, with the best of intentions to save his daughter's life, you know? Right. He, so he wasn't doing this maliciously. He was doing this because he loved his daughter. Right. And then the fact that they keep him alive is it kind of undercuts it. You know, because, like, if he had sacrificed himself, it would have been kind of like a final act for his daughter's sake, which mm -hmm. I feel like would have kind of completed that instead. But instead, we get this character who, like you said, he can't take care of himself. You see him placed in a home where he's being looked over by medical professionals, you know? He's in a wheelchair. He has no memory. And yet, he's supposed to look after this baby. And then it also deprives us having the the lesbian trio. <laughs> yeah, we're robbed of our lesbian polycule. Like, <laughs> what what is this? It's it honestly, it's homophobic. Yeah, we can't have these two. Well, they are. When it comes to Michiru and Haruka, they are teenagers. Sure, but I they're so mature in the manga. They have such an air of adulthood already that I like them as the mothers, as the caretakers of Hotaru, you know? Yeah, and if we've learned anything about um, generally how things work within the Sailor Moon world, it's that if you're rich, you can be left alone as a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mamoru doesn't live with anybody. Ami has a mom that she never sees. Like... Mako-chan is not rich, and she's living on her own in Tokyo. Like, yeah, she's 14. Well, 15 at this point. But, like, she moved when she was 14. Yeah. In the anime, you can just look after yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I know Japanese children, like the Japanese society, uh, kids are expected to be more independent than here in the States. Especially much earlier. Yeah. Yeah, like taking the train by themselves, walking themselves to school, stuff like that. But I, I don't know if it's as far as teenagers just living on their own like that. But this is how it is in this world. <laughs> sure. But like, I've, I think it kind of is because, again, in Japan, like you only need a middle school education. That's what's required. You don't actually need to go to high school. Middle school education is considered enough. Um, you're not going to. Yeah, to jobs? enter the workforce. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to get good jobs. These are going to be like low paying laborer, like part time convenience or kind of jobs. But like, you can still you can drop out of school at the age of 15, 16, and uh, still function as an adult within Japanese society. Yeah. And then to add to that, because you don't really watch Asian, like live action dramas, and I do. Uh, this is definitely something that I've seen where like, kids will move by themselves to attend a better school. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is a thing. So it's not it's not too far-fetched for... No. Yeah, they could raise a baby. They yeah. can raise a child. They have money. They can raise a baby. <laughs> they can just tell their parents, anyway, peace out. And their parents are probably like, anyway, that child's weird and they're gone, so thank God. You know? <laughs> yeah. We don't know like, if they have, have daughter? Si I don't know. Yeah, we don't know if they have siblings or whatever, you know, and then like realizing, oh, uh one like one of them being like, My child is gender non conforming and gay, and the other one's like, My child is perfect and gay and <laughs> Yeah. And just being like, This is not acceptable in our society, so them just leaving is probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Their parents would probably be like, You don't have to explain anything. Yeah. 
Well, she's just doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds um, really cold, but like when it comes to Asians, that's not completely far fetched. And it's just like you you will bring shame to this family. It's like cool, I'll just leave. And it's like that would be best for us. Uh, <laughs> that's rough, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, if they can't, if you can't be shoved into the appropriate box, they will just be like, "You have to go." Yeah, I mean, you see that in a, in a lot of um, cultures that are highly traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a high emphasis, um, you see that in a lot of uh, white Christian communities too. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of yeah. So it's not. I I think it's I think you see that in patriarchal systems where traditions are highly important you know Mm -hmm. um but to get back to garamatoid um (laughs) i i really liked his monster form in the anime he was a lot of fun in the manga he's he gets killed off really quick it's kind of anticlimactic but the anime it's a really fun fight he just completely goes unhinged Becomes this weird monster. He's like a and... petty soldier from Power Rangers. Oh yeah, he is. He's very petty and soldiery. It's... Yeah, it's a fun fight. Um, it's a good chance to to watch. Uh, uh, Michiru and Haruka are the ones fighting him in that scene, right? Yeah, so we get to see them like strategize and fight together, which surprisingly we don't get to see a lot of. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So yeah. it's it's a really fun fight. He's a really good unhinged monster. And they get to use their and talismans. Yeah, it's great. And then we also get so that you know, this version of Tomoe gets killed and then like the good Tomoe gets a chance to like uh beg for his daughter's life. And that's kind of where that all kind of falls apart for the anime. Because it's very contrived how how that all comes about. It's but I guess so we can talk ridiculous. a little bit more about that yeah, when we it, get to Mr. Stein. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Um, I will say that I do like the design for Gamertoid in the manga. He's kind of buff, but like, yeah. but creepy. Buff in a creepy way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel like that should be like a fitness YouTuber's. <laughs> Like tagline buff but in a creepy way it's like mm, maybe well it probably shouldn't be because that's how you lose subscribers <laughs> i mean what if he's like a goth guy that works out yeah you would have to be like goth or emo or something some kind of alternative anyways anyways uh so <laughs> next is kaylee knight and in the manga kaylee knight is um way more collected like she's in the manga kaylee knight and professor tomoe are on the same level they're equals. Yeah. They're kind. They're slightly like work rivals a bit. Like Tomoe has a different assignment than Kaylee Knight, um, but in the anime, like Kaylee Knight is under him. He's the one in charge. So in the manga, yeah. she's like the driving force of like we have to restore Master Pharaoh ninety. Because in the manga, when Cowdy gets uh, possessed by Kaylee Knight, it's just like you want. It's like you want power. You want to see your dreams accomplished. Like help us. You know, so she's f- way more focused in the manga of preparing the Earth for the arrival of Master Pharaoh 90 and preparing the humans in the vicinity to become hosts for, like, the now-dead Tau system people and just be like, okay, here's our job, and being very frustrated that the Senshi keep ruining her plans. Uh, she's also in charge of the Witches 5, which in the anime we don't see or hear of the Witches 5 until kick. Uh, until Kaylee Knight dies. Yeah. Yeah, they're way later. Um Yeah, I like um I think they made some very confusing decisions with Kaolin Knight in the anime. I really like how they used her in the manga more. Um again, these are very different characters in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. In the in the manga, um but in both cases there is an implied relationship between Kaolinite and Tomoe and uh, I mean she is 
the stepmom. You know, she is this woman. Not officially. They're not married. There's there's nothing there. But it's definitely that vibe. That vibe, yeah. She is the woman who is, like, coming into the household trying to take on that role. And Hotaru is very resentful towards her for that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which is great. It's its own kind of drama going on. I like it a little better in the manga because she is not his subordinate. They, um... She she is on paper, but in reality, no. Yeah, functionally, they're both competent members of this organization. And Mm -hmm. uh, their relationship kind of comes secondary to that. And we're not even sure if it's truly a romantic relationship in the manga, or if it's um, just kind of the dynamic that's... It doesn't seem romantic, because, like... Professor Tenway, when Hotaru yells at Kaylee Knight to stay away from her, and like, you're not my mom, you're not, like, a member of this family. And yeah. Professor Tenway scolds her, because it's just like, Kaori has assisted us, like, you know, after your mom's death, and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's also, it's more like, because Professor Tenway and Kaylee Knight are working together, um, they have a much more professional relationship, there's no romantic attachment between the two of them. But because Hotaru doesn't actually know what's going on, she's interpreting it as this woman has entered our life and is trying to become my father's wife. Because yeah. that's that's how it would look. Yeah. But I think there even is some of that because she is like up in their house, you mm-hmm. know? She's in she, their house. She's she's she, she's telling her friends whether they can enter or not. She is very much fulfilling this stepmother role. Yeah. Um. So uh, a little, I don't know. a little bit because in the manga, so in the anime, when they come to visit, Kaylee Knight is like, "Go away." She's not allowed visitors. Whereas in the manga, she's really just genuinely confused. She's like, "This child doesn't have friends." Yeah. She lets them in. She doesn't stop them, but she's like, "When did you make a friend?" Let al- yeah. Like, one friend, let alone two. Like, what is going on? Kaylee Knight doesn't stop them from coming, but she's also just kind of like, you need to take care of your health because she knows that Hotaru has Mistress Nine's host inside of her. That she's the host for Mistress Nine. And it's yeah. just kind of like, I don't, like, that can't be jeopardized. Yeah, so long story short, the, the relationship in the manga is a lot more ambiguous. There mm-hmm. does seem to be something going on there. But we can't confirm if it's anything romantic or not. It doesn't seem to be romantic, but she does seem to fulfill kind of that role. And who knows what the intention is there. Maybe it's just, hey, if if the two of you work together as visibly a couple, mm-hmm. she can function in the open more. You know, we don't know. That's just speculation on my part. But, but it, it's also it just might... like kind of how a lot of Asian cultures just sort of see it. There's... It's, how do I say this? In a lot of Asian cultures, if a man and a woman are working together or are in like close quarters together and they're not closely related, everyone assumes something romantic is happening. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not that's true. Whether or not they even act like that. Like, legitimately, even if one, even if like the man is married, but if the woman is unmarried, everyone's just like, that's his affair partner. Right. 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 Instantly, that is what people jump to. So I don't blame in the manga for people thinking, like, are they together? Because there's nothing saying one way or the other. Like, they don't have... It's not like um, with the Black Moon, where, like, Rubius really obviously kind of hated everybody else. You know, there's yeah. there's no love, but there's no hate. It's just kind of like we have a job to do. Like... The most we get is when Professor Tomoe is like, you need to do a better job at your work because you keep failing. And Kaylee Knight's real mad about that. Yeah. It, it, you know what it has a strong vibe of? It's that married couple who work really well together, who are very amicable, but are just not in love. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like they're a perfectly functioning couple. Right. And we also have to, like, take into consideration that, like, the way we look at the relationship in the manga is colored by how it is in the anime, where it is very much, like, subordinate woman in love with her boss. Yeah. The anime, I really don't like their dynamic at all. 
It's um, awful. She's almost like slavish to him. Yeah. And she, it's the same with like Udiel and Mimet. They're both the same way. Like less intense, but they're both kind of like, I'll die for you. Yeah. You know? And it's very annoying. I mean, at least in the manga, he's like kind of cool. You know? Yeah. He's kind of sexy in the manga. He's got that cool, aloof, you know, dark, mysterious guy going on, you know? Right. And like, and he's also, also a dad, you know? But then, like, in the anime, he's just a psycho. You know? He's just right. a bad man. In, in the anime, like, he's just comically psychotic. Yeah. Which just, is hilarious. But yeah. not really, like, a sexy role, you know? No. And it's... I don't know. I dislike it a lot just because it seems less like a character choice and more of like this is how women act right well yeah it's we're talking about something written women written by men you know yeah and it seems like they're going to want to depict all these sexy beautiful women simping over the weird nerdy dude well, like, not even not even just that the nerdy dude. It's just like, oh, it's two adults of opposite sexes working together. Therefore, the woman has to be in love with the man. Yeah, it's 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 just a foregone just, conclusion. Yeah, I just feel like it makes it a little bit worse somehow, though. Yeah, it's not great. I don't like it. In the manga, she's way more focused. Uh, she loves Master Pharaoh ninety. They make that very clear. She wants to supplant Mistress Nine. She doesn't like that when Mistress Nine awakens. She's like, I don't like you. (laughs) Yeah, that's her love interest in the manga, if anything. But yeah, yeah, in the anime, she's just simping hard for uh, Tomoe for no reason. And then she dies, and then she is not dead anymore. Yes. So in the anime, here's Kaylee Knight's appearances. She appears in episode 90, which is like the first real episode. Um... She dies for the first time in episode 102, and that's when, like, Isagi's heart crystal is taken and we have Seni Senta. Uh, she dies, and we're, and I remember, like, we were both really confused, because we were just like, uh, she is a whole season villain? What, like, what do you mean she died? And then right. she reappears in episode 113 as Kaori, the lab assistant who we've never seen. And, like, that's when Isagi and Chibiusa go to Hotari's house, and Isagi's terrified, because she's like, that's Kaylee Knight. What the hell? Um, I thought she was dead. And surprise, she's not. And then she's just kind of like weirdly, she's just constantly cruel to Hotaru and like a comical Cinderella stepmom kind of way. Yeah. Like it's so dramatically evil. It's kind of like. She is the evil stepmother trope for sure. Yeah. It's like, come on guys, pull it back a little bit. Make it slightly believable. Um, Yeah. And then she's we're like they don't say anything about it like we just were like that's kaylee knight though right and then it's only revealed that she is the revived form of kaylee knight in episode 123 when professor tomoe is like okay i need you to go back to work and it's like i'm sorry (laughs) what yeah it's very like mentioned offhand where he's like she's like thank you for reviving me and he's like yeah uh, I need you to get, I, I know you've been taking it easy. It's time for you to get back to work now. I need your, I need your expertise again. And it's like, wait, how did, what? <laughs> right. It's just like, wait a minute. You, you can bring her back to life. Could you bring back the other witches five? Like, right. Is it's just the thing you can do. It's just so if it's almost like a throwaway thing that happens. Now, if they had gone the manga route where Hotaru was a cyborg and turned around and been like, in the anime, she's a cyborg, and therefore Tomoe came in and was like, turned Kaori into a, a cyborg, like that yeah. would be able to work, you know? Like, Kaori Knight, it's like, it's not normal. Cl- it's like, it's Mecha Kaori Knight now, you know? Yes! <laughs> That could have been cool. That could have been really like cool. some robotic enhancements. Oh, that feels like isn't there like a Mecha Godzilla? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we could have had like a whole Mech anyway. <laughs> Mecha Cowley Knight. Mecha Cowley Knight. That would have been so cool. Uh, uh missed opportunity. Anime. Truly a missed opportunity. If oh you're my gonna gosh. randomly revive her, you could have made her a cyborg, but no. 
Anyways. Yeah, but no, we had to... <sighs> what a waste. What a, what a waste of Kaylee Knight. I do like it's... that she is, like, she does actual witchcraft. Like, she's the leader of the Witches Five, and she's constantly scrying for information, and it's not her fault that Mamoru and Rei are just better at it. <laughs> in the manga? Yeah, in the manga. Yeah. She's trying to get information, and they're also, like, like the... What's it? The streams are crossed, essentially, and she ends up getting blocked as a scryer. Because it's not just Rei Mamoru, because Michiru uses the mirror to, to right. scry as well. So she's being, like, blocked by three different people. Yeah. And the only yeah, one doing it on purpose that... is, like, Michiru. Uh, that was actually another choice I did kind of like. So... I don't know. I like both versions. So in the manga, the witches five and Kaolinite actually have like witchcraft as a part of their skill set. In the anime, they do not. It is really just kind of a title because they're all like lab assistants or scientists. And we see them working the lab constantly in lab coats. And it's cute. It's a look. Um, Mm -hmm. They're just two very different versions of them. I think it, the whole lab assistance thing was really fun. It's a really fun aesthetic, and it works with the whole unhinged man scientist thing they have going for Tomoe. Yeah. Um, I definitely like their choices for the Witches 5 more than their choices for anything they did with Calvin Knight mm-hmm. in the anime. Um, yeah. Again, it's just like taking elements from the manga and like sharpening things up like it could have been good again you know because yeah. like in the in the manga why do we have this scientist and then on top of that have magical witches i don't think there's a really distinct reason we need both of those so i i do like in the anime that they're like okay he is the mad scientist and these are his other sciencey people you know right and like it, that's the beauty of adaptation ultimately yeah you know this is why like as i've grown older and become less of a like if you deviate even slightly from the book it's trash you know but there there are points where it's just like you deviated a little too far and we messed up (laughs) right well sometimes they i like if they deviate Mm -hmm. and they improve upon something or just do an interesting take that hadn't been considered before. Maybe it's not any better or any worse. It's just a different take. Right. Um, That's how I feel about the live action because they definitely do a lot of different things in the live action. And I love it. I love the live action. Right. What's disappointing is when they do a different interpretation and you actually lose something in that adaptation. Mm. Like I feel like one of the biggest issues the anime has is as they've adapted Setsuna, we've lost any purpose to actually having her there. Her role mattered so much more. Sailor Pluto mattered so much more in the manga than in the anime. But then you have characters, uh, you have a, a lot of the villains, I, their roles are improved upon mm-hmm. um, during that process. Like like Tomoe, I, I like a lot of the choices they made with Tomoe. Yeah. Um, so, Sailor Moon, you have a lot of good adaptation and bad adaptation in the same show. There's obviously somebody in the writer's room who knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They just weren't the only one there. Yeah. But to to continue on with the differences, like, with The Witches 5, uh, The Witches 5 are basically, like, a more souped-up version of the Ayakashi sisters. Yeah. It takes them a little longer to die than it did <laughs> for the Ayakashi sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the manga, the Witches Five. So in the manga and the anime, it's Yudiel, Bimet, Bilui, Telu, and Cyprene slash Pitalol. We've talked about them before in our previous episodes. So um, in the manga, they all appear as like students at Mugen Gakuen, except I think Cyprene. And in the anime, it's basically just Telu and Bilui that appear as students. They're not just students, they're teachers. Like, Udiel is in charge of etiquette and philosophy, and she's the analog to Mars. Mimet is head of performing arts. She's Minako's analog. Vilui is the head of science, obviously, for Ami. Telu is P.E. and Botany. (laughs) 
<laughs> so very, very, very clearly for Mako-chan, and then Cyprian and Pillwall, nothing. They're just, they're level 999, and they're there for witch training. So each of these characters has a level attached, and mm-hmm. we've recorded this once before, and my my first question was, what does it mean? <laughs> And I think what I said last time was, uh, I think it's just that Takeuchi Sensei likes to play video games and thought this and thought putting <laughs> levels was fun. So it's, it's like Dragon Ball Z. It's power levels. It's, it's power, power levels. levels. It could be like Cyprian being like level ninety nine and in charge of witch training makes me feel it's kind of like a cult sort of thing where like if you reach this uh, level, <laughs> we'll train you to be a witch. Yeah. <laughs> so UDL. Is level seventy eight. Mimet mm-hmm. is level forty. Mm-hmm. Bilui is two hundred two. Telu is twice as much, four hundred and four. And then Supreme and Pitalal are nine hundred ninety nine. Yeah. So they're almost a thousand. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. <laughs> it's over nine thousand. No, it's just over nine hundred. I know. <laughs> but that's not the meme. <laughs> I know. I know. I tease. Um, um, so in the anime, uh, here are their appearances. It. I remember before we started watching the anime again. Like what I remembered when I first watched it was that Udiel was there a lot, and she she isn't. She appears in episode one hundred and two, which is the same. T- like she appears at the end after Kaylee Knight dies, and then she dies in episode one hundred and eleven. Mimet appears in one ten. That's when she's introduced. And then she dies in episode 120. Telu appears in episode 120, dies in the next episode. Vilui shows up in ep 122 and then dies in the same episode. And then Cyprian and Petalal appear in episode 123 and also die in the same episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Mimet is the one that had uh, the most impact. Uh, I feel like Vilui. Wait, Vilui? No, sorry. Yeah. Udiel. Udiel, mm. I feel like really just kind of stepped in where Cal and I left off. Mm-hmm. She has a very per- similar personality. She has a similar look and she fulfills a similar role. Mm-hmm. Like the, the behaviors are not that much different. Mimet is the one. She's got a big personality. She is very ambitious. Um, she, <laughs> She bullies the other characters, um, and and she also uh, attacks in a different way. So she's actually is pretty clever because she's like, okay, okay, I see what you're doing there, but what if we do this instead? Um, like, is she the one? Because the is she the one? What I'm trying to think. She's, they she she kills Udiel by cutting her brakes. Yeah, that was she doesn't cut the brakes; it's removed. Like, right. Udiel is, like, driving off like a bat out of hell, and she goes to break, and there is a hole in the floor of the vehicle where the brake should be. Like, it's not like it was just disconnected. There is a hole. Yeah. And she flies off the side of the mountain. And this is, all her pranks before that were just messed up, immature pranks. Yeah. Like, she it was, was bullying. bullying. It was workplace bullying. It was, yeah, it's like there were thumbtacks in her slippers. There were uh, snails in her locker. Like, okay, these are fucked up, but like immature pranks. And then she gets murdered. Like, mm-hmm. Mimit flat out murders this character. The heroes do not kill Udiel. She does not die in battle. It is not a graceful end. She flies off the side of the mountain because Mimet has sabotaged her vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... I think Vilui and Cyprian are killed by the Sailor Sentry. But Udiel, Mimet, and Udiel, Mimet, and Telu, I think, are sabotaged by their own people. Yeah. Yeah, they're their own undoing. Yeah. Um, she's great. Uh... Mimet almost has this moment where we think she's gonna get, um, well, I don't think we ever thought she was really going to get, uh, like, a redemption. No, but she was, she was gonna leave. 
yeah, she almost quit. I And I feel like I would have been so happy for her if she'd just been like, you know what? This place is not for me. Um, and it's the idol situation where... Mm-hmm. Um, the rigged. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're going to have situation. public auditions. Uh, and it's it's completely rigged. You know, like, she gets a high score. And it's very clear that probably the people backstage were like, she's not allowed to have a high score. Because we don't actually want any of these fucking casuals on our program or in our movie or whatever. Yeah. You know, she should have won... She should have won the place on that program if she had been on that TV show. I have no doubt she would have just ditched the whole Witches Five thing and lived out her movie star lifestyle. Or I mean, TV she. Sh- I mean, she shouldn't have because she was bad at it. Like she only went through because they thought she was cute. It's fine. She was cute. She can do that. She is cute. <laughs> she is cute. She has. She has an asset. She's a yeah, but she couldn't even. Anyway, we're not going to talk about this. Uh, I disagree lo- with you. <laughs> We love, yeah. You're. It's fine to She's, disagree. It's fine to disagree. Is with me, good enough. <laughs> she couldn't even talk on stage. Like the re- like it's really fine. basic intro. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. anyway, she could have. She could have. Uh, she almost quit at that point, but she didn't, and she just like fell right back into it. So hers, and she has this habit of. Uh, also falling in love with each of her victims before, like, mm-hmm. bitterly destroying them after. That, uh, well, that's why she—that's why she picks them. She picks them because she thinks they're cute. Because she's following them in like magazines, and like yeah. it's pointed out, I think, by Telu before Mehmet dies, where it's just or like Tomoe is just like, why is it that all of our victims are male? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are they all like idols and stars? Or you know, and she's like, ah, you know. Because in order to win the affection of this many people, they have to have a pure heart. Right. Her reasoning is hilarious. Yeah. And it's kind of cute because, like, prior to that, the victims were kind of more randomized. Just like, mm-hmm. we found a good person who's doing a good thing. Therefore, they must have a pure heart and therefore we must steal it. Mehmet is like, um, who is the idol I am obsessing over this week? Okay, this is the person we're going for. And then mm-hmm. she stalks them. She uses an excuse to stalk them. And then she has a mini crisis every time where she's like, oh, no, I'm in love with this person. How can I bring myself to take their pure heart? And then she gets rejected and she's like, fuck that, die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time. She's just like, what can I do? Every- I can't believe I have to do this. And then they're like, uh, I am, I have to like go do my job. And she's like, how dare you? <laughs> And like I know, like when I when I talk about Carol and I, and I talk about so many of the female characters in the show, it's very annoying how they chase after men. Mm-hmm. Mehmet, it's hilarious. It's just it's funny. It really actually enhances her character more than takes away from her because that's just who she is. Right, Mehmet so is other- just an evil Minako. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of characters I feel like that personality trait really detracts from them instead. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Carol and I, I think it really undercuts her character for her to be a simp the way she is. Uh, yeah. And I, I really hate how they do that to Ray too. I don't like when Ray is all boy crazy. She's a very different person in the manga. But mm-hmm. Mehmet, like, this is Mehmet. <laughs> yeah. And it works. It really works for Mehmet. She has this little mini arc every time, and it's it's hilarious. And you're like, girl, what are you doing? It's really entertaining. Like you're you're just It is. You're exasperated by her and but not like like I want to get rid of this character. You're just kind of like, "Oh, Mehmet. Oh, Mehmet. Here we go again." You know. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, it's very actually charming. Cute. Yes. Yeah. It's actually charming where in other circumstances it's just infuriating. Mhm. So. Well, I think it helps that like Mehmet was designed to kind of be a shallow character and yeah. in, in that you know she's not like she's not important in the manga you know like, yeah like she's not it's it, that's not like something against her but she's not an important character in the manga she doesn't really need to have this much depth and they are clearly having so much fun with Mehmet and her decision and like <laughs> yeah yeah it's just a lot of fun to watch her it's you know it doesn't have to be deep with her 
No. You know, we don't have and to it's not. think. It's great. It's just, it's, great. it's pure fun, which is, it's the same reason why I love all of the Minako episodes, because Minako is also kind of shallow, you know? Yeah. She does take her job very seriously, but there are times where she's just like a 14, 15 year old girl and she's hilarious. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm, and in fact, I wonder, I wonder if that's why characters like the villains do tend to get so much um, screen time and character development uh, because there's so little material in the manga concerning them that the writers can play around with them, you know? Whereas, like, you you deal with the main senshi and they make any massive changes and it's character assassination. Not that that hasn't changed, you know... Stopped not them. Not that that <laughs> hasn't stopped them. Yeah, at all. Each of the characters have had massive tweaks, but it, some of them more so than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if anything, just... I feel like they should have leaned into it more. Just, like, just go with it. But instead, we just don't see the main characters as much. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. There's not really much to say for Telu, Vilui, or Cyprene. Um, The way Vilui presents in both the anime and the manga is very similar, though slightly off. Uh, In the Mm -hmm. manga, like, Ami... Like, Vilui sets a trap, and Ami's like, I know this is a trap, which is why I'm walking into it. Whereas in the anime, Ami's just like, well, you know, I've been invited, and they're like, you know, it it happens too late. (laughs) Yeah. It happens way too late. It's, they reverse the order of Telu and Vilui's appearance, because in the manga, Vilui comes first, then Telu. Like, it's just, it's just off. We do get, like, a good phrase from Ami about, like, you can't use science for evil. Like you have to have good intentions with it, which I think is very important. Um, but again, it was way too late in the series. It, yeah. The witches yeah. five, they had a lot of time and they didn't use it correctly. Yeah. With, um, the Philui, uh, I like the way things played out. I, I, in the manga, mm-hmm. uh, cause they used her, for exposition in a very clever way mm. you know because in in the anime we get exposition just constantly fed at us basically by like the villains telling each other things they already know mm-hmm. you know just talking back and forth about what are our plans today oh the same thing we did last week you know <laughs> and in the manga you have this moment where Vilui, through the lens of, you know, this is science, this is what we're studying, you could study it too, because she's kind of trying to entrap Ami. Yeah. Um, she goes through and explains more or less what's going on. Enough to, to understand, you know? Yeah. And then she presents the, um, the, the Tau the system. system. Or the the image of it, the portal that shows it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's I I think that plays out in a very uh, interesting way. It it weaves it into the story a little bit more seamlessly than the awkward bad guys talking back and forth about the stuff they already know. Yeah, and it also gives um, the senshi more agency. Yeah, it does, because you have Ami, who's actively infiltrating, actively trying to research this, trying to get to the bottom of it, instead of just kind of stumbling upon things, like she kind mm-hmm. of does in the anime sometimes. Like, Ami doesn't A get to do A lot of the times. Much. Yeah. But we've talked about that already. Um, yeah. So, now we've talked but, about Tomoe. Oh, and oh. I was going to mention Telu also. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like Telu also, I kind of like the way she played out better in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the the botanist. She's selling these these um cursed plants, and in the manga, it really is more significant. Uh, mm-hmm. because as these plants are being uh sold to the public and making its way around, uh, these things of course you know, like drain energy. They do evil stuff. Uh, it's what helps awaken Setsuna. For one thing, in the manga, she, in the manga specifically, yeah, uh, because she gets one of these things and goes to study it, 
And no, in the manga, just... she just purchases it because it's oh. being sold. In that's the anime, right. she specifically purchases it because she thinks it's evil. Right, that's right, that's right. Um, but yeah, so she acquires it in the manga, not with any specific um, plans, but it's a... Uh, it is it's on the sale. Catalyst. It, yeah, it's on sale. It's from her. It's from her school. She's just like, okay, I guess I'll buy this plant that everybody else is buying. Is buying. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so ultimately, it it serves more of a role, and I think the fight serves more of a role too. Um, in the anime, uh, they do try to do this brief thing where, like, Chibiusa purchases a plant. And, nope, Hotaru. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Hotaru. Purchase the plant and gifts it to Chibiusa, and then the plant turns out to be evil. And they're like, "Oh no! Does this mean that Hotaru is evil?" And like, it doesn't go anywhere. It's no, because it's like literally four or five episodes from the end of the series. Yeah, it it does nothing. It it's just it's a big nothing burger, and that's that's all there is to say about Taylu in the anime. She doesn't matter. She gets mm-hmm. beat and defeated. And the plants actually do more in the manga. I guess that's all <laughs> that I have to say about that. Yeah. Um, I do kinda... like... Sorry, continue. Oh, well, it's just... It's so weird because they have so much time in the anime. And they make up so many brand new plot points. Where some of these stories that were a lot cleaner and neater in the manga... Didn't get transferred over. And it would have been so easy to do that. And mm-hmm. integrate it into what they had going on. And they just kind of didn't. I just wonder if some of that was, like, budget for voice actors. Oh. Maybe. Because there's still a lot of characters, so there's a lot of voice actors. Yeah. Because now you have 8th century, counting Chippy Moon, and then you have five witches, Kaylee Knight, Professor Tomoe, and Totaru. That's true. They have a really big cast by this point. Yeah, so... Anyway, uh, I, we don't know those behind-the-scenes information. I don't know if that information is available anywhere. If somebody knows, let us know. Um, but other than that, we're just going to go on to Mr. Snide and Master Pharaoh 90, who are really kind of the orchestrators of this whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. Master, Master Pharaoh 90 is like if you combine Queen Metallia and uh, the planet Nemesis. So wise man from from the Black Moon arc, like he's he's a fusion of both of them, and I'll bring up the Tower Crystal now because it's mentioned several times by Master Pharaoh ninety uh, that the Gensui Show is much stronger than the Tower Crystal, even at its peak. The Tower Crystal is very obviously reduced in power. They give it to Hotaru as like she's suffering with Mistress Nine growing inside of her to kind of ease that pain, but like. For like, it's never said. I don't know that it's ever like been text or if Takeshi Sensei has ever said like, oh yeah, this is what it is. But basically, like Master Pharaoh ninety and the Deathbusters, um, are bad guys that won. <laughs> they beat Sailor Tao, and uh, they destroyed their system. And in destroying their system, they're like, oh, uh, we don't have a place to live anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to find a new place to live. And, um, yeah, it's basically just they're bad guys that beat their senshi. We don't know any details beyond that. There's definitely a, like, wow, this is way more powerful. Um, Master Pharaoh 90 is more of a presence in the manga than in the anime. In the anime, I don't think he's mentioned until, like, the last five episodes. Hmm. You know, like, I don't remember yeah, them talking barely... about... Yeah. I don't remember him really being mentioned. Not really. Mistress Nine, obviously, but, like, Pharaoh 90. He, he doesn't even have words when he's finally revealed. He's just, like, this screaming force destroying the planet. Yeah. In, in the manga, it's very much like we are going to fuse Master Pharaoh 90 with the Earth. The Earth is his host. Right, which is a really cool thing, you know? Right. The fact that he's going to possess the entire planet. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intense. It is. It probably like would mitigate the whole like, well, we can't kill the planet because you are the planet <laughs> sort of yeah. deal. Yeah. You know, and Mistress Nine is his number one. You know, Kaylee Knight wants to supplant her, and when Mistress Nine finally awakens in Hatari, uh, and realizes that like Miss that Kaylee Knight's like, damn it, I wanted to be 
I wanted to be the one that Master Fair and I depended on. Mistress Nine is like, whatever. Uh, like, haha, you suck. Mistress Nine in the anime immediately kills Kaylee Knight when she comes forward. But in yeah. the manga, Kaylee Knight is killed by the uh, by the other sentry after um, the revived Witches Five are destroyed. Um, I really love Mistress Nine murdering Kaylee Knight. <laughs> it's fun. Was very uh, good for me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. Uh, it is still weird that she just randomly died and came back, but mm-hmm. in the anime, it's somehow somehow it's not anticlimactic. It feels like a very fitting end. Because she's yeah. just been, like, trying and digging and, like, trying so hard to, like, get attention and be needed and be important. And it's really frustrating because she's also just, like, a horrible person, which we see in the way she treats Hotaru. Mm-hmm. So when when Mr. Stein takes over Hotaru and becomes her, you know, closer to her true self, she just like eliminates her immediately and it it is satisfying. You're like, yeah, good. You know. <laughs> it is so satisfying watching her get blasted away. It's just like, ah, oh, yeah. I'm like you've made a lot of story choices here. There are a lot of beats that exist here that I don't agree with, but that I'm behind that 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's needed. Um yeah. I I like um I like Mistress Nine in the manga. Uh, she's this dark, spooky force, you know? She's very threatening. Mm-hmm. In the anime, they do make some weird choices with her. Like, I do like how initially she takes advantage of appearing like Hotaru. Because initially she's like, tries to trick Usagi into giving her... Um, well, she manipulates Usagi, you know, mm-hmm. uh, before she, before Usagi ultimately sees through it. But um, that was good early on. That was good. But then later on, we have this really contrived moment where she's trying to get the chalice. And she's trying to put on this act again that she needs help. Mm-hmm. And by now, she is, like, in evil mode. Like, we know her intentions with the chalice. She, We know she's going to destroy it and use its power. And then she tries to play the, oh, I need help. Woe is me. I'm going to die kind of thing. And, and yeah. then Professor Tomoe contributes to that. Like, please, please help my daughter. And Usagi's like, I have no choice. And you're like, Usagi! You definitely have a choice. <laughs> Why would this be useful to anyone? It's yeah. like, congratulations, you've just destroyed the planet. Yeah, yeah, I love that in the manga, Mistress Nine hates being human. Like, she's oh, yeah. disgusted by her human body. And uh, I don't think we see that enough in media, especially from women. Usually, like, if someone is disgusted with their body, it's because they're fat and ugly and they need a glow up. Like, Mistress Nine looks fabulous. She has, like, this extraordinarily long hair. Her outfit is beautiful. Like, Mistress Nine is gorgeous. Yeah. But she hates it. She's like, this is disgusting. And I like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's an interesting thing because this this is a being that is not human who's being forced to experience being human and they absolutely hate it. And I really think it's, it, it contributes to how foreign she is in a really interesting way, you know? Right. It really makes her not a earthly being at all. You know, Right. I like that in the anime, she's really just allowed to be pure evil. Yeah, that is fun. Uh, it's so often, and I mean, like, the whole of Super Ass has just been, like, maybe they're not, you know, like, lately it's just been, like, maybe they're not so bad, or, like, here's ways to humanize them, and, um, she's just evil. Sometimes it's nice to just have a character that is evil, who does evil things, that we can have destroyed without remorse. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, just, just let people be evil without any qualms or manipulations. It's fine. You know I one thing like... I... Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, no. You were... You finished first. Um, 
a thing that I like with Master Pharaoh 90 is that he has no, he both has no power and has all the power because everyone's working for him. Yeah. He doesn't seem to work independently. He does require hands to do his bidding, but he is a very imposing force and a very threatening force. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do kind of like in the anime that he really doesn't seem to have sentience. I don't mm-hmm. know if he was supposed to, but I do like that it's just kind of this impending force that it's like, once we get all of our evil things uh, completed, we can bring forth Master Pharaoh 90. And it's like, it's it's cool. I like it. It's interesting. Um, it's definitely scary. Yeah. I can say I, that if I was like a kid watching this for the very first time, I would be terrified when they open up the portal and Master Pharaoh 90 comes through. I don't think I would have part in the anime. I actually found him more opposing in the manga, but a big Mm. part of that is because like in the anime, I did not fully understand what was going on. What his, what was he going to do? Like I understood that when he, when he came, bad things would happen but it was very vague as to what those bad things were. Like, in the manga, it's a little bit more clear. Like, this dude's gonna possess the planet. But, uh, anime? Is he destroying the world? Is it taking over the world? Is he... Huh? Well, for me, what was scary was just, like, the noise of it. Mm. Just, like, the way it was animated and the noise of it was very scary, I think. Yeah. And so, like, as a child, it's just like, I don't need to know exactly what he's doing, but I know it's incredibly bad. <laughs> like, he's yeah, definitely destroying the planet. Like, it's very clear. Like, hey, look, life on Earth is going to end. Like, they don't need to kind of, like, say, I didn't need that exposition to where if I was a kid watching this, I would be like, oh, okay, the bad guy's just one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It looks imposing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and then we had our final battle, which was uh, which was fun. Um, which we didn't really get to see because, like, Sailor Saturn jumps inside of Master Pharaoh 90 to kill him. And then there's, like, a whole Sailor Moon thing. And there's a... It doesn't matter. We've talked about those in other episodes. We've talked about that in the Isagi episode. We've talked about it in the Chibiusa Hitari and Setsuna episode. Like, they get defeated. I like that there is, I like that this is an enemy that has no connection whatsoever to the white moon. There's no connection to the past life. There's no connection to the future life. It's just like bad luck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, well, I guess this is a, this place is as good as any for us to try to regroup and recreate ourselves and. Well, they there were, you have it. <laughs> they were definitely drawn to the silver crystal, too, though. So they weren't. Like, they didn't know about the silver nope. crystal. No, they had no idea until Sailor Moon popped up on, on the thing. They had no yeah. knowledge. They didn't come That's for right. that. It was literally yeah. just like, oh, this seems like a good place. And so they landed there. Right. Ah, well, that's right, because they're like, huh, that's a weird thing. That, that's got similar power to the Tau crystal. Yeah, they had no knowledge of the Gensui show until, like, Hotar, like, they knew that Sailor Moon had a special power, and then they found out about the Gensui show because Chibiusa was using it with Hotaru. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, we need to get that, you know? It's yeah. like the Tau Crystal, but better. And so right. it, it was nice to have, like, an enemy not be like, the Gensui show! And, you know, still trying to fuck things up, but not really have a personal connection to it. Yeah. It was, to be like, you it, screwed me over in a past life. Right. Is It mixed up the routine a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, do we have anything else for the uh, the Death Busters? That was our villains. That was our rogues gallery for this season. Yeah, those are our villains. I don't think there's anything for us to say that hasn't been said in this episode or in previous episodes while watching the anime. So I think we can wrap it up here. Cool. Well, right. thank you for joining us. Does this wrap up this season? Yeah, that wraps up Sailor Moon S slash, like, Deathbusters slash Infinity. So we are moving on to the Dream slash Dead Moon slash Super S after this. Yeah, we've made it. 
We got through three fifths of Sailor Moon. Wow! Yeah, that's great. Exciting. I know. I'm so proud of us. Me too. All right. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Oshiokiopod. You can find that information in our show notes. Or contact us through email at oshiokiothepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, as always, to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us. Or... Suki ni gawatte! Oshiokiyo! Oshiokiyo!